Good morning. This is Allie and Passera with our friend James Ball. Alan Alley here with James Ball and Jim Passero working on the blackboard. <laughs> we're on, we're live, Jim. State secrets. State secrets. You're not on your mic. State secrets. Another another week where nothing went on here. Um, we've got COVID to talk about. A 1.9 trillion dollar package. Uh, Dr. Seuss getting erased from uh, culture. I think where we're going to start, though, is we're going to start talking about COVID. Um, with the vaccines now rolling out, people getting vaccinated, websites crashing, uh, people trying to register. I registered for the vaccine um, and then got stopped because there's nowhere to go once you register. You go into this do loop of you register, then it says, what county are you in? You go to your county. The county puts up a map, and there's nothing on the map. Map is supposed to be where you can get it. Where you can get it. And yeah. then you then you finally hear from a friend, hey, go to Costco. So you go to the Costco site, and you type in your address, and you know. And then there's like, you've heard that in Madras, mm. there's availability. So you go to the Costco in Madras, right? And, are you, you like, going to no, jump in the car and drive to Madras? Yeah. No, right. That's what my friends are doing. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get an appointment pretty much anywhere in the state, Here people are go. driving to get it. But then you hear at the convention center, you you know, it's like you go in, there's a concierge to meet you. Welcome, Mr. Alley. Right. Welcome to your vaccine and your new future life in the United States of America. You know, <laughs> all you have to do is have the chip implanted, go right over here and you go through the line. So every, I, I don't get it. It's like it's. I found it impossible. Now, I have a friend. You have friends. We'll talk about this. I have a friend who has a who has a friend that works at Safeway. And the guy at Safeway in calls like, him. In like us, we go. Yeah. And no. the, guy, the guy at Safeway calls him and says, hey, we got, we got some extras. They're going to go bad. It's 10 to 8 at night. We close at 8. If you can get here in 10 minutes, you can get vaccinated. And it's so completely random effed up yeah yeah right what irritates I, I, me about this whole <clears throat> thing is that you know they've had since march of last year to figure out the vaccination rollout i mean we knew vaccines were coming we didn't know exactly when but the fact that they're treating this like an emergency and like they had no idea this was coming <laughs> is is mind-blowing hire a project manager and say hey eventually we're gonna have to roll out a vaccine to all three million residents of the state let's start figuring it out let's start figuring out where they're gonna go and and they just didn't. It wasn't until the vaccine was was actually done right. in what November that they thought, oh, we're going to so, have to give this to people and started figuring it so out. So, Jim, that point. is this because they didn't want to admit that under the Trump administration we were making unprecedented progress toward a vaccine? So, oh, probably. I mean, probably, but I mean that and that and uh, it wasn't the smoothest presidential transition. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's errors on both political parties that no. that that that, that uh, the dysfunction of our political system I'm sure speaks but to, to it. But to James' point, you they knew for a long you time. Knew. Right, I get it. I, I, right. I'm not I, yeah. six months or nine you, months. Or, you asked me how it possibly could have happened. I'm not like saying it was you know good good management. Well, and there's 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 social implications with this because. People are getting the vaccine, quote, out of order. Yes. Right? Yes. And so if you if you get offered, if you're like the guys in Bend driving down the road, car stops in the snowstorm, these doctors have this vaccine, they go down and boop, 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 
vaccinate a bunch of people. Well, it has a shelf life. It's going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. You want to get it in someone's arm. I get that. But the process is so messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, beyond any – I wrote a thing on Facebook. What should happen is you register. When you register, you get a number, 723,000. Then they say, we are vaccinating this week numbers 187,000 to 253,000 approximately. Based on that, you should get your vaccine the week of March 29th, right? Mm. We will update you every week with an email. Within one week of your window opening up, you we will open up the reservation window. You can make a reservation at any of these locations. Thank you very much. Wear your mask. Stay six feet apart. It's so, like, come on. Is this a, yeah. is it the, <laughs> is this a state vaccine website? Or what, what, how, yes, what's the, no, what's you the go name to- of the website? <clears throat> You go to the state vaccine website, you know, Oregon website, vaccines are us, whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's classic for the guys that spent $300 million on the Obamacare mm-hmm. website and right. effed that up, that it never came up. You go through this registration process that's actually pretty slick. Name, rank, serial number, last four digits of social, um, your um, driver's license number, thank you very much, da-da-da-da, boom, you're registered. Nothing. Abyss. You know, there's just like nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and right now you have to be 65 <laughs> and older to to register or have. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I was six, I'm 66 and I was able to yeah. go through the registration process. As of March process. 1st, it was 65 and right. older. But then this, it's, it's inconceivable. It's also inconceivable that you just didn't take the vaccine. And give it to the healthcare network. Well, I th- yeah, I think one of the you, you right, could you, the other, the yeah other the other way. way to do it is yeah just delegate, give it to the hospitals, and right. say all right, you're responsible for getting this out. Right. And here's here's, here's the, your guidelines. Here's yep. the guidelines. Yep. I think yep. It, Go it's, stick needles in people. Right. I think it's really raising some interesting uh, sort of personal and civic questions though, because now, I mean, I anecdotally played golf with three other people my age, not not. Not qualified for the vaccine. I mean, they were, they were a couple of them qualified last week for the vaccine, but they were not qualified when they got it. They all jumped right. the line and they were all really super proud of jumping the line. And, um, so they're making, um, those who aren't cheating feel stupid. Like, you know, uh, I, I should be a cheater and shouldn't be waiting for when I'm eligible. Right. And so, and, I, and cheating, you, 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 you have, you have no, I, I was cheating. just saying, like, I, I think this is interesting because I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that these are elderly, white, wealthy people that you're playing golf with. I, 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 I mean, don't, I don't why, think why? we all, we all, we all hiked eight miles on a mountain, mountainous why? golf course. I mean, not, I, I, mean I don't want to say elderly, elderly. but, uh, but like, <laughs> grandpa, you're elderly. But I mean, rich, <laughs> yeah. rich white dudes. It's yeah, rich yes, white yes, dudes. Yes, they were why, rich white why dudes. are the, I mean, and they're the ones jumping the line. Yeah. Why, why is this, if the Democrats who control this state had a better system in place, we can get this out in an equitable way. And instead, we, I mean, it's just, they, they claim to care about, you know, poor brown people. And yet they screw up the system yeah. so I bad that the only people who can they, get it are the, before, Part of it is this not being prepared. They were caught off guard. With it's like, what do you mean it only lasts for twelve hours once you take it out of the freezer? Wow. What do you mean it only lasts for six hours yeah. once you? You mean I can't put it back in the freezer? No. Well, you should have known that nine months ago, and that should be part of your protocol. If there's going to be a few extras, you have people on a hot call list, right? Yeah. 
and and you say, do you want to be on the hot call right. list, Jim? Yeah. And you say, yes. Well, if you're on the hot call list, you have to be here within 20 minutes of yeah. getting called or you're removed so, from the hot call list and you go in the bad corner. Well, this right. is how airlines have done it for years. They yes. overbook flights yes. because yes. – because Let to, the airlines do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Two right? to 5% of people don't but show up for their flights gotta, and so they We got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is <laughs> Ali and Becerra with our friend James Ball. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. This is Ali and Pacero with our friend James Ball on a Sunday morning, and we are getting righteously indignant <laughs> about the way these COVID vaccines have been rolled out. Yeah, and before we get into the, I mean, I, 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 what struck me that was so interesting was, okay, that, so there are partisan issues, and there are bureaucratic issues, and and there are all those kinds of and uh, political issues, but but. There's individual sort of moral issues first. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm, we're talking like friend to friend, family yeah. member to family member. I've watched, I've seen family members screw another family member. I know I was with um, a family of 10 siblings and, um, and they range from the mid eighties to the, to the early sixties. And the ones in the, and the ones in the sixties, they'd all jumped the line and, and gotten the vaccine uh, a month or t- month before they should have gotten it. And then they went back to like, oh, wait a minute, our 85-year-old sister is drowning there in the boat. We better go back and get her. And so, and so how they rationalized it is they said to, they said, well, you know, it's good to jump the line. I mean, they're all really proud that they jumped the line. I mean, they're, they're not, although one of them did admit, I'm getting some pushback from some friends about it. But the way they rationalized it was, hey, four of us are now working on getting the 85-year-old, the oldest in the family, to the vaccine. So we're, we're focused on the problem. Right. Once, once they took care of themselves. And that's the part of, you know, I, we've, I've seen it in my own family, you know, and it's like, and all of a sudden when you see that behavior, like, oh, you would take my seat on the Titanic, wouldn't yes. you? That's, right. and you're like, all of a sudden going forward in life, the life that we have, you, it's like a special, it's like coded now, it's a little chip in your brain. Yes. That person, uh, maybe a loved one, maybe a dear friend. But they would take my seat on the Titanic. Yes. And part of the problem here, I think, is the fear narrative that has been pushed by yeah. the, the state. I mean, people feel like they are going to die if they catch this. I, mean, I told you guys, I caught COVID. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm young and healthy and sort of, you know, on that end of the of the bell curve. But if you're if you're uh, this is what they should have been telling people. If you're young and healthy. You, you, the biggest risk is spreading it to someone right. who's at high risk. Well, right. only ten, you're, you're going to be only fine. Only 10 percent of and, people who caught it. Over eighty died. Well, that's that's a that's a pretty high number. I mean, oh, no, that no, is one, pretty one, high. one in ten is pretty high. Uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> only <but laughs> only one in ten people uh, over no, eighty. No, but I mean, okay, <laughs> no. But but the point is that um, yeah, that's a high number. But uh, some people over eighty are at risk of dying anyway. Well, and but but I had a friend of mine who who caught caught COVID, and he's sixty six. Yeah. And he he rides his exercise bike at like three hours a day. He missed one day on his exercise bike. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and he's sixty six. That, that's I. I would have skipped one day of work if this was any other year. Mm-hmm. You know that that's about how bad it was. There was one day where I just kind of felt gross, sore throat, and and that was it. But back to the moral individual thing. I mean, Alan, the, you know, because you you and you and I are old enough to kind of. I mean, you've seen the behavior that I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, I totally. And, and and how do you feel when you? What, I mean, all of a sudden you're like, oh. It's, He's one of those people. Well, and the people that got it, that jumped the line, I think um, they there's a there's a little guilt associated yes, with it. Yes, there is guilt. They, they, so you have to overcompensate rash, to rationalize yes. why I jumped it, the line. Yes, and I'm hearing these rationalizations. Right. And they're pretty obnoxious. Well, and I under look, I understand it, right? You kind of did something you cheated cheated. yeah yeah you right you exposed your character a little bit then you have to rationalize why you didn't yeah exactly i cheated on my wife because she'd put on 20 pounds in the last year you know i wouldn't go there but But, (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying it is no it it's it's very interesting because the the other flip side of this is you throw the stuff away yeah and I'll roll it back on the screw up in how they rolled this out that you should have. Look, for me, it's like, okay, we've got some extras at the Oregon Convention Center. Go to kids at Saturday Academy. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who are at the end of the list, but they're they're completely forgotten. If you told me that you were vaccinating even kids at Saturday Academy with the leftover vaccines, I'd go absolutely because you can get them there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I hope by now, everybody in congregate living, foster care, over 80 years mm-hmm. old, I hope all those people are done because we could have had them done six weeks ago mm-hmm. if she had prioritized it. I hope they're done. Yeah. But if they're not done, then you you go to the congregate living. So yeah. There's a big, there's a difference. Put, the, put it in the police thing there's and a put difference. a big sign. I'm carrying the COVID vaccine there's, to the you know <laughs> the older folks' home. Right? There's a difference. Well, they, there's a difference too between between somebody who gets vaccinated because they're on a list and somebody calls and says, "Hey, we had some left over today," and those who premeditated. I oh. mean, I, I, they're super premeditators who were who anticipated. I and 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 I was with those people yesterday who anticipated there was going to be uh screw that there was going to be ways to get in the system and get it early and they spent a lot of time and energy figuring that out and one of the ways and it's you know people listening today is like well how do you cheat well one of the ways you cheat <laughs> is you you get um a family you know you find you'd find a family member who knows the healthcare business and one of the things they tell you is just claim you're a caretaker for somebody oh and uh once you're a caretaker you know you're eligible it's you know, or the person right. the person claiming claims that you are their caretaker. And to Alan's point, like these doses that are supposed to have 10, 10 doses in a vial have eleven because they want to make sure that they don't run don't out mid, be, mid dose. You don't want to be one so, short, right? And so they they by design have extra and at the end of the day. And so rather than throwing them out, they'll give it to whoever's there. Right. And so if you can finagle your way into the line and be that be there when they're about to throw stuff away. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can get in there, and right. from a physician standpoint, you're just trying to get needles in arms. You know, you, right. as for we herd approach for yeah, herd immunity, as we approach no, no, herd no. immunity, it doesn't really matter who gets it as long Absolutely. as most people get it. Can you imagine how guilty you'd feel if you're the pharmacist at Safeway mm-hmm. and you've got a vial with right. five left, and you throw it and, away instead of 
right. and there's somebody out out there waiting, and you threw it away instead. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then you so see- is the mor- so is the moral thing that to have done is just go to the convention center every day and wait. The moral thing to do was to have figured this out six months ago so yeah. that we don't have get to, in. so that this the isn't amor- a problem. No, you, the amoral thing is the way our government has handled this. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and encouraging citizens to cheat and making those creating citizens a structure Creating a structure where, where yeah. cheating and hotwiring the system is hugely incentivized. Right. Yep. Right? Right. And if you don't do that, if you don't cheat, you feel kind of stupid. So now what they're going to – what they'll do – is because Jim, you're bringing this up. Right. Is Kate Brown's going to come out and say anybody that jumped the line, anybody that's vaccinated, because there's a record of your right. vaccination, because right. you mm-hmm. have to get the second one. Yeah, we are going to pull the cards of everybody that got vaccinated ahead of line, and you will be put in the bad pile. You will be punished, and and your name well, will be published in the all. Oregonian website. Okay, and- so <laughs> so here's like here's like what a caretaker. Say you're um, say you haven't seen your 83 year old mother. For let's, a year because let's of talk pandemic. about this when we come back. We'll we'll come right back. This is Ali and Sarah with our friend James Paul. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. This is Ali and Pacero with our friend James Ball. We're talking all things COVID. Jim's talking about his mom. Well, I've said, say you haven't or, seen your 83-year-old right. mother, uh, but you but you deliver gro- because of the pandemic for a year, but you Zoom call with her and you deliver groceries and drop them off in on her front porch every Tuesday afternoon. Right. You're the caretaker. Mm. Yes. Yes. And therefore, you know, you should get a shot. Exactly. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't mind people interpreting things that way. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't because you're going to pick up a, a certain percentage of people. And my whole thing is I I, I like to trust people. Mm-hmm. And yes, there will be some people that right. hotwire the system. What like I find a, like com- a lot. What I find completely unacceptable is that our government with. The gazillions of dollars of resource, mm. gazillions of dollars of resource that they have screwed this up beyond imagination. No. And it's not hard. It is absolutely not hard. It just, Airlines it takes, do it. Yeah, it, it right? takes effort. It takes hiring the right people, creating a, a, a system because you got to coordinate with hospitals. You got to coordinate with counties. But you hire a couple good project managers and they can figure this out in a couple of months. Right. If you had done this, I don't know, last summer. It, this, it would have been it would have been easy. It would have been done by now. So but, on, okay, on a personal level, yes. Do you know people? You know people that jump the line. Yes, that they're not sixty five and they got vaccinated, and they were, and they and they and they worked pretty hard to do it. Uh, I know some that did. Yeah. Okay. So I would say the most egregious of that is the people that flew to another state. Okay. Hmm. And I know several of those. You did that. Because you had the resource. Yeah. Like, like in Utah, my daughter is in Utah, and she's like, Utah's vaccinating just about anybody right now. And they got it covered. They got all the old people. They And now they're just like, yeah, whatever. Come on in. Right? Yep. I think I could go to Utah and get vaccinated like 
Camaro. I think Arizona is similar. On a, on a, yeah. on a, so how did, how? On a micro personal level, I, I want you to be my shrink for a second and, okay. not, and not a macro political analyst. Yeah. On a micro personal level, are, are you going to feel different about those people in the future? Mm-hmm. That's disappointing, isn't it? Yes. I mean, because it's like the ones that some really... of these are really close relations of mine. Yeah. Reasonably no, I, close. I, I, yes. I yeah. mean, yes. So, so, what do you say to yourself to move past it? So, the, the I don't know. I, yeah. it, you know, somebody once told me that running for office was like a giant lie detector test, right? Because you go to your friends and you say, "I'm running for office. I'm putting myself out there," and I. I'd like for you to support yeah. me and give me a donation, yeah. right? And what they said was, some people that you've known for years and years and years will, we're really close. will disappear yeah. and mm. give you nothing, yeah, right? Yeah, and not really be supportive, even even, even not even really vocally. No, yeah. no, not emotionally, not vocally, not nothing. Yeah. People that you really thought you knew yeah. and other people that you hardly know will step forward, will step up yeah. and be, and, and like, write checks and volunteer and donate money that they don't yeah. have. Mm -hmm. And it was like, holy crap, yeah. this is unbelievable. I see this kind of the same way, really, yeah. right? That there are people that hotwired the system and it's like, oh, yeah, you have the resources. You would probably look out for number one. Yeah. No matter you're what. The, and you're that kind of mind. So one thing that I wanted to do, I updated all my COVID death stuff. Okay. So I wanted to give you some, uh, let's do a Q&A a little bit here. Okay, so we're done, we're done with my. We're, no, this is we're, still COVID. We're, we we're can not, loop back we're, into are it. We still, we're still, you're still my psychiatrist yes. helping me with my, my, yes. my bruised friendships. <laughs> what do you, <laughs> you think? Laugh. You laugh, you're not all right. What do you think was the highest number of deaths reported with COVID in Oregon? Which month? Between March of last year and March of this year. Which month had the highest number of deaths by, and it's by far. January. August. Warm. August. August was... It was probably the lowest. Almost <laughs> like 120. Okay. January was 460. December was 530 or something like that. So February was uh, 250. Okay. August was like 120. So, so was it December? Was December? December. Was December, was December was the highest. So, and March is already at eighty-eight. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, deaths are going down, relatively speaking, but they're going down from astronomically high levels in uh, November, December, January. Yeah. Right. So what's I think a lot of it has to do with the weather and not so much the weather that it, as it affects the, the disease, but whether as it affects our behaviors. Everybody's inside. Everybody's I mean, this is why the, the flu comes up every winter is because people are inside. They're they're more likely to spread diseases between one another. I think as the weather gets nicer, people are going to be outside more. They're going to be just in general, spend less time breathing on each other and I, I think that I mean it's it's beautiful and sunny out right now. <laughs> well, sort of, relatively. kind of. It's cold and sunny, but um, I I think the weather has a lot to do with it. And I think this is you know despite the numbers, I think that this is the right call. Now is the right time. Honestly, I think you know six months ago is probably the right time, but now is a good time to start reopening because you're going to have a natural decline in cases, decline in deaths, 
as with both the vaccines and also with people's behavior as the weather gets nicer. So not clear because the data doesn't necessarily support that. Sure. If Con- you're conjecture, r- if for you're, sure. Right. If you're right. But somehow they're making the case that now is the time. And I, I, I think now is the time, but I think the time was actually last August. Yes. Because I think you, by August, you knew who was vulnerable and who wasn't. And you could start to protect the people that were vulnerable um, and let the other people, like the little kids, go back to school. I I was thinking about this. What they should have done last summer is, you know, get rid of get rid of all the mandates. Everything's reopened. But, you know, your your business has to have a sign on the door saying these are the precautions we're taking. You know, we're requiring masks, we're requiring distances, requiring, you know, what other we're sanitizing in between customers, whatever. Just make sure that is front and center of your business. And then let people decide for themselves which businesses they want to go to. Right. And you're going to have some that are super strict and that's, that's going to, you know, get a client, a certain clientele. And you're also going to have some that are, that are very lenient and that is going to get a certain clientele. Yes. And that's people sort of are going to self select. That's sort of the Christy Gnome philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. And the Florida philosophy. Yeah. Disney World is actually open. Yeah. Let people decide for themselves. We talked Disneyland about this. Disneyland closed. Right. We, we've talked about this a number of times. Give people all the information and let them make the right decisions for themselves. Right. I, I completely agree with you. The other thing that's been happening is the uh, average age is creeping up in terms of uh, who's dying with COVID. I'm curious to think why you think that is. I mean, what, what do you think is the driver for that? Let's come back. We'll talk about this after the break. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. We're talking about all things COVID. We got into some COVID data about who's getting it, how are they dying, uh, the, vir- the vaccine and how the vaccine works, so we can get into all that stuff. But, Jim, looping back to your... <laughs> personal Your, thoughts right yeah. it, it is it is very interesting right? it is interesting and it's really you think about you think about i mean there's 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 a couple levels there's the personal level and and like you and i were talking about at the break i suppose if somebody put a gun to my head and forced me to think about those in my life who would be the cheaters i could identify them if i had right. to think hard but now they're actually real real anecdotes examples of them cheating and and so it's like oh going forward my relationships with them oh and and so and then the more macro level of it is you know we don't have national service i mean james you know you know three tours in 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 the you know in the military and in in war in battle you know areas you know and I'd, I'd thank him for his service if I wanted to sound like a phony, but, um, but, uh, the, um, you know, you know, what is it that, where do we get that, that civic, uh, uh, bond, camaraderie, whatever it is that the thing that ties us together as a culture and, and then to have the government like incentivize the example of showing you really kind of how ugly we really are towards one another. It's like, Oh, this is not, you know, it's because we've just, right. you know, I mean, and then you have January 6th, you know, you things are kind of fragile in our society. It's, I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but it, it, we're tribalistic enough that it's, it's having a common enemy that brings people together. 
and at least in Oregon, in Portland, in my is that Governor my Brown area. right now? No, no in it's my us. it's no, it's Trump. I mean, <laughs> oh, it was yeah. Trump. That was that was, was the Trump. thing that that brought the Portland metro area together was their hatred of Trump. And so, what I motivated think, what motivated the uh, cheaters was just their hatred of the virus, their hatred of Governor uh, Governor Brown. I mean, well, I don't think they have any. They don't have. There's no enemy self preservation. There's no enemy anymore. Yeah, self preservation. Mm-hmm. But well, I think the other thing is is that. We keep talking about how incompetent the rollout is. Yeah. When you see that it's that incompetent, it's, it's every like every dog for every, himself. Every dog for himself. Yeah. It's like you're, right? you're given the the green light to go out and do it. No, it's like it's like why why be a sap? I had a friend that grew up in under Chairman Mao, mm-hmm. right? And everything was regimented. Everything was yeah. allocated. You got your clothing. You got your rice. You got your meat. Whatever. It was so screwed up. In terms of how they made these allocations, everybody hotwired the system. Mm-hmm. The only way to survive was to have a friend who worked at the commissary, who knew a friend, who knew a friend, who could get you a little allocation of meat because the, sy- oh. the system is delivered by the government, didn't deliver – but everybody hotwired the well, system. Oregon is 4% Russian. And, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and we, we all know Russians and pe- or people from the East Bloc who yeah. live in Oregon. And that that is pretty much their attitude. I mean, yeah, they're, I, having, I, they're having a hard time assimilating into our culture of civic life because they're so used to the hot wire. I'm I'm was reading about ambulances in Russia mm-hmm. where no, oh. they would just be stuck in traffic. No one would move to the side. Why? Because rich people would hire <laughs> the ambulances to get them a ride to the airport. So that and and people knew that. And so they now, if you no. need an ambulance for an actual medical emergency. Nobody got out of the way. And so when the system stops working and people stop trusting the system, they do their own thing. Yeah. And yeah, this is this is 100% Governor Brown and the Democrats' fault. The Democrats who run this state, I, um, they own this problem. And you know what's the worst thing is they're probably not even going to have any sort of consequence for this because yeah. the liberals who voted for them are just like, oh, this is, you know, we're all in this together. We're all just got to take one for the team, yeah, yeah. and this is how we got to do it. I, I don't they agree just with that. Accept that's it. Not what, you don't think that's so? Not, that's not what liberals are saying. Um, they're, a lot of them aren't happy either because they're vulnerable too. I mean, they need the vaccine. And and so, I, yeah, I, I, I think this is a, mm. a moment that yeah, I'm not saying. Maybe I'm just a younger Democrat. I'm not saying 100, 100% <laughs> of Democrats are going to leave the party, but there yeah. are plenty of Democrats who – her popularity is very low right now. You know, and I would – I would think so. Yeah. And and this latest flip-flop on we're not opening the schools, we're not opening the schools, we're not opening the schools, we're vaccinating the teachers, we're not o- – oh, we're opening the schools. Yeah. Open the schools. They must be open immediately, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. Why, 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 the, wait, wait. The dam, the dam broke. She heard – well, she I heard would, from enough people. I think that's <laughs> – Your, you your friend Bob Stoll called I think her. That's exactly. The guy who told her to keep the golf courses <laughs> open called her and told her to open the schools. When we did a uh, we did a simulation when I was in the governor's office of a dirty bomb going off in Portland. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a big sure. simulation that the federal government does. And part of the simulation was a radioactive cloud was hanging over an elementary school, right? And we were having – we had this, quote, state police lined up around mm-hmm. this elementary school. And it's a clear, sunny – you can't see the radiation, right? right? Right. And I said, there is no way that mommies in the suburbans are going to sit on the other side of this line of police knowing that this radioactive cloud is hanging over their elementary school and 
we're telling them that if the kids just stay hiding under their desk, they're going to be okay, right? No freaking way. They're going to, they're at, at this point, at this breaking point, they're going to blow through the barricade. They're going to say, shoot me for saving my child, yeah. scoop them out of school mm -hmm. and take them out. And that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we should, I think we should applaud Governor Brown for finally listening to reason and finally reopening the schools. I mean, this is a long time coming. I mean, it was a, it was a flip flop. I think there's too many. Republicans, and not saying this is what you're doing, but there's too many Republicans who, when Governor Brown does something that we want her to do, the response is, we're winning, keep pushing, you know, the Democrats are backing down. Like, no, let's, let's congratulate and, and, and thank the governor because she has basically unlimited power. She's not going to lose any elections. The, the Democrats control the state. She's not going to. Like she's not backing down. She's she's listening to reason, and we should. Well, thank we should, you, we thank should you, Governor Brown. Her. Thank you, Governor for Brown. Opening the schools slightly exactly. before they recess for summer. Uh, um, um, James, the Democrats don't control. The Democrats don't control Oregon. The public employee unions do, and they have taken a serious hit. I mean, the exposure. Uh, you know, for those of us in the know, Alan and I, and you, and for for uh, and for us in the know. We, you know, you can sit there and I've had many, many conversations with even reporters from the New York Times and saying to them, in 2008, the public employee union spent $315 per capita on political campaigns in Oregon. And the next number, second highest in the country per capita was $35. Wow. And so you, and, 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 and you explain that to like a New York Times reporter who wants to do QAnon story about what, <laughs> right. how, or why Oregon right. is dysfunctional. And they just fall, they look at you like, uh, why are you saying this weird stuff to me? Right. And, 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 and so going through this for a decade, trying to explain the dominance of the public employee unions in Oregon, who control Governor Brown, obviously, um, it's this, this of the schools and the teachers getting vaccinated and not wanting to go back to work has has exposed the ugly side of the public employee unions in a way that, you know, hadn't. I, can you think of anything else that has highlighted it as much? No, I, I think that's the, that is the 10,000 watt lamp shining mm. on it was mm. public employee unions tithe, give the money to the Democrats who get elected, who then do favors for the public employee unions. And this was the first time where it's like thousand watt lamp. Right. You talk about the ones jumping the line. Mm -hmm. We had 50,000 teachers jumping the line. Right. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but you did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who weren't even in school. It, it might have right. been acceptable if they were in class <laughs> at the time, but they weren't. And they still and they refused to go back. It was unacceptable. It, well, and the other thing, you know, we've got to take a break. We'll come right back. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the psychology of this. This is Allie and Pacero with our friend James Ball. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service and all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with their friend James Ball. 
I want to switch a little bit here and talk about Dr. Seuss. Now, for me, Dr. Seuss was important in my life as a little kid. There were things that I remember to this day that I've applied in my life. Uh, Horton and the Who, uh, Horton Hears a Who, where he said, I meant, I said what I meant, and I meant what I, uh, <laughs> I meant what I said, and I said what I meant, an elephant's faithful 100%. And that always, stuck with me, that you're supposed to be faithful, and your word is your bond. The other one was um, the story of Yertle the Turtle, where this little turtle, Yertle, gets on the bottom, and, and the king can't see his kingdom, <clears throat> so he piles another turtle on top of Yertle until they get this turtle stack that is, you know, super tall. The king climbs up, and he says, I'm king, and I see everything that I can see is mine, and then Yertle, the little turtle at the bottom, sneezes, and the whole thing falls down. And <clears throat> as a guy that, I, I mean, it sounds really stupid, but that's stuck in my mind as I'm running companies and I'm thinking about people that nobody cares about, that nobody pays any attention to, but they're essential to the company running well and serving your customers those stories, those are Dr. Seuss stories, and they stuck with me. So Dr. Seuss has some books um, that had characters. These are books written between 1936 and 1976 um, that has characters that are sort of stereotypical, call them racist, call them whatever. Old, older racial stereotypes. Older yeah. racial the, stereotypes. The, the, <clears throat> the Chinese man with the slanty eyes and, and the, you know, the, the pointy the, hat. Yep. Um, I like how we both did the... <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's what it was. Um, but the media narrative that came out of that, and there was actually a, a paper written about somebody that went through all the Dr. Seuss books and talked about how they were predominantly white characters and racial stereotypes. The media initially jumped on it, and it went from Dr. Seuss, where we celebrate his birthday with National Reading Day, to... He got canceled. He mm -hmm. got erased. And then oh. there was an outcry. And then it was like, eh, no, he's not really canceled. It was only six books that were canceled. He's still, he's and still I, okay. And I think it was the, it was the estate who did it. It wasn't just, <clears throat> it wasn't the Twitter mob. It was the estate who has the, the copyright who decided that they were going to stop publishing right. these books because of some of those racial stereotypes. And I, I think that's an important distinction. It's not, it wasn't the Twitter mob who decided to do this. It was the, the copyright holder. And so the copyright holder backed off on the six books. Oh, did they? Yes. The copyright holder backed off on the six books. But the media narrative, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the, the miasma of media, you know, the, <laughs> that they, they, Dr. Joe Biden eliminated Dr. Seuss from his declaration on National Reading Day that Obama and uh, Trump had both referred to Dr. Seuss. Mm. So all of a sudden, Dr. Seuss is like, yeah, we won't talk about him. You know, I was reading the, the New York Times article about this, and one of the other things that they mentioned was the uh, Adventures of Tintin that has been kind of pulled from uh, public libraries because of some of the racial stereotypes that, that it also shows. And uh, I think, honestly, I think that's a bit more concerning because you don't have the estate getting involved. It's really just libraries and right. people who are who right. decided that that this book should not be the, these. I mean, I, I read these when I was a when I was a kid. They're really right. interesting and fun, 
books. But, and yeah, they were written in a time when this kind of ratio stereotypes were not well. As I don't mind, and, and I think it's appropriate to point out that there are these racial stereotypes in those books, and that like, those are things like cigarettes can be bad for your health. And yeah, and just point out that that was that was, was how a different time we used to be. Yep. And that's not something that we condone. And if you're writing a book today, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing is my friend posted this meme on Facebook. And it says, imagine living in a nation where Cardi B's wet ass P word wins <laughs> song of the year. And uh, yet yet Dr. Seuss is, is canceled and Disney slaps warnings on the Muppet show. He posted that on Facebook. And Facebook posts a warning message right. content right not about missing context yeah not about the the picture of cardi b having a sexual <laughs> relationship with a with another woman but about well the whole dr seuss thing it was really only it was only the six books and those six books were pulled i reposted it just to see what they do they put the warning on mine yeah as well and it's like there, we can't have a conversation about this. Facebook is now moderating our our conversations. And you you look at the stuff they moderate, and it's only conservative. So, and and I I would kind of agree with their assessment that it is missing a little bit of context. Like I said, because it was the copyright holder who published it. It wasn't the Twitter mob. It but wasn't libraries. I'm posting but on Facebook. I'm not to have required, a discussion about. I'm not it, right. required to post every right. source and and make yep. sure that. I'm telling both sides of every story. Right. No. But if but if you but if you post a meme about Trump killing millions of people, guess what? There's there's no there's no sticker, there's no misinformation warning. You, like I've seen people do that. Maybe not that specifically, but the, you know, you have an equally egregious thing on the left yes. and Facebook will ignore it. Yes. That that's what irritates me more than well, anything. And this well, is, go ahead. I mean, there's you know, a lot of you raised a lot of issues. But, uh, I, on the first one, it's like on the Facebook, you, you, I, I think you need to go to the Christie Gnome, right? You put the information out there and let the adults yes. you decipher it for themselves. You don't monitor, you don't, you don't censor their conversations. And, and on the, uh, on the part about Chinese characters, if we decide that we don't want to, uh, we want to censor our history. We censor history. what we published history. Then we will have, I guess, no history, which is a problem. Right. Um, and the uh, probably the the best uh, political novel published in the twentieth century, Robert Penn Warren's All the King's Men, which was a biography, a semi fictional biography of Huey Long written about 1949 and Robert Penn Warren went on to be the nation's poet laureate and the, the book won the Pulitzer Prize and the first 50 pages have the n-word all over it and because it's a story of Louisiana politics in the 1930s uh we don't like like Huckleberry Finn was a story of life on the Mississippi in the 19th century we uh we can't tell those stories anymore I think you're right. I think what Alan said earlier is is the absolute correct way to do it. You just you sit like you have a a dialogue around it where you said this is this was acceptable back then or Huckleberry Finn. I mean, the whole point of Huckleberry Finn was that this this was not acceptable. He was he was drawing attention to the fact of the way that that black people were treated in Mm -hmm. Mississippi in the South. And 
like you you have a a you have a discussion around this as this is this is not the way that we act anymore this is how we used to act we're trying to be better as a society you don't i mean name one point in the history of the universe where people banning books were the good guys you know this the, banning know. banning that's, books that's right. is not Does the correct answer ever work as school marm we'll come back and pick that up <laughs> this is ali and pacero with our friend james ball the portland spirit is headed to the river Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with our friend James Ball. Does government ever act? What, work what was work your- as the school marm. I mean, did people quit smoking because government told them to quit smoking, and they ran all these campaigns, or did they quit smoking because it was bad for their bad for their health, and they saw enough people dying, and they didn't want to get cancer themselves, well, so they figured it out. I well, mean, I think the problem was that the the tobacco industry was lying about it. They were they were telling people that it's that there's nothing wrong with it, that it is healthy. Right. And so that's where the government so, stepped so that in. Part, and, so then the government, so that worked. Yeah, the government stepped in and said, no, you can't, you can't lie to people. Do you have other and, examples than when the government? I mean, I mean, so does the government? So the government, who, who trusts the government to actually intellectually, uh, the Democrats guide us the in Democrats our trust thinking? The government. How how does how does <laughs> so, that work? So another example of this was um, internal combustion engines mm-hmm. have become incredibly efficient. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, through government regulations. Yeah. So they're okay. pollution-free, basically. But my premise is all of that research and development, billions and billions and mm-hmm. billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars is completely wasted because they're now obsolete. So the government forced us to invest. I mean, the the modern internal combustion engine is a miracle. Mm. To think that we got to where we are, they're so complex, they're mm. so difficult, they're so clean, and they're so efficient. We've squeezed all this efficiency out, and now they're replaced by electric, and they will be. General Motors has now said, I think it's after 2034, we're not going to have any internal combustion engines so in light vehicles. In light vehicles, yeah. none. Yeah. Ford has said the same thing. Audi said the same thing. And Mercedes has said the same thing. But So they'd be battery? Yes. But because we regulated it like that, all of that is com- – it's basically wasted. It's not going to be useful for anything, right? It's a complete dead end. So I, I – there, another example is airbags in cars. Mm-hmm. I worked on airbags when they first came out. Airbags protect you cosmetically. The seatbelt saves your life. The airbag prevents you from smashing your nose on the steering wheel, mm-hmm. right? But, mm. but that's what they do. They're cosmetic. So we legislated airbags, which added $1,500 to, to the, the price of a car, which added to the weight of the car, which made them less efficient, and, you know, all these things. Instead of just saying, to your point that you make all the time, look, they're cosmetic, right? Yeah. If you want to preserve your face without cosmetic <laughs> surgery and keep your teeth in your mouth, when you hit another car at 50 miles an hour, get your car with airbags, right? 
But if you want to live, wear your freaking seatbelt, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I am, I am massively on the side of disclosure, right? Yep. And government, government encouraging it, that kind of disclosure, regulatory encouraging the disclosure. Yeah. But this whole thing, people think your life is saved by the airbag. It's not safe by the airbag. Well, another thing is, and I know we haven't done the research on this, so it's going to be difficult to talk about, but car seats in kid, in cars, it's, they, <laughs> they have been legislated to the certain, to the such a point where you're a bad parent if you don't have your kid in a, in a car seat. Um, but the research shows that they're just as likely to kill your kid as they are to save <laughs> it. I, I mean, there are some that save your, your life and others that, that it, it's, it's completely, um, so statistically I, I, irrelevant so, to whether or not your kid's in a car seat. First of all, restrain your kid in the car somehow. Yeah. And it's it's an age thing also. A, so again, let me let me caveat that. I did testing on unrestrained children in vehicles and they go through the wind they like shoot through the windshield. Yeah. Unrestrained in the vehicle. So restrain your child in the car, first of all. Yes. But that's what the government should say. Yeah. Restrain your child in the car. And then let the market you know, come up with these things and consumer reports will do evaluations of it and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we have gone so, so far in the other direction. And now people are just waiting for the government to come up with the with the rules and regulations. You know, we, you know, we talk about we've passed 5,000 laws in Oregon in the last 10 years. 5,000 laws. It's like if you go back 10 years ago to 2011 – and you have a conversation with people, I don't think they would say, hey, the, the thing that we need to do more than anything is pass 5,000 new laws in the next <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. In fact, we should have 5,000 less laws. Yeah. We should, we should back off in the areas where, you know, DEQ, right? They're, they're completely eliminating internal combustion engines in, in 15 years. So should I skip going to the DEQ to get my, you know, you have can't. my air test. I get, no. I get, you can't. Can I save the $180? Or what if you went to pay? the DEQ and they looked at your license when you renewed and it's like, oh, you're 65. Here's your vaccine. <laughs> we have all the infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so where, where does this, where does the speech, uh, police, where does it peak and where does it end? You know, and, well, I, and obviously so, the left, the left, left is sort of uh, emboldened by the, presidency of donald trump so this is why at least me and i hope everybody out there listening starts speaking up and posting this stuff Mm. so i posted this thing on the cat in the hat not because it's a big deal really right right but because if we don't start talking about the hypocrisy and talking about the overregulation and talking about the overreach and pushing back it's just going to keep going and it's it's the government aided by the media. The media is completely complicit in this, in pushing this narrative. And it's it's very concerning to me. So uh, this comes up all the time uh, with friends of mine. You know, where do you go right now uh, for media? <laughs> I mean, because... <laughs> no, really. I, I don't think that Newsmax or One American Network are, are, are necessarily the direction I want to go to get, you know, media... But, um, they're growing and, um, and I, I tend, I, 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 Fox has become the, the background in my, uh, during the day if I'm working at home. 
Well, uh, maybe Fox. with the rise of Newsmax in One America that, you know, Fox News will, will jettison yeah. some of those, you know, the far right and maybe they'll be a more centrist network. Well, if during the day, Fox is a, a different network than at night. So during the day, uh, Fox is really, you know, the background music in my house, you know, uh, and but has become basically in the last six months. I mean, what but but I mean, I'm not I mean, in, in print is just almost, you know, we, example was the Joanne Hardesty story this week. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I, it's like everybody wanted I sent that around. Everybody wanted to believe that story. And, and, you know, and the super phenomenon re- young reporter, Andy No, with his, you know, with his, with his book and his, his Wall Street Journal credentials and everything for, as, you know, battling Antifa in Portland. I mean, he puts it out because I guess it was, there was a police report right. that somebody said that, she, you know, and it turns out she didn't, ha- her car hadn't run for six months, which is pretty funny. But, but it's like, it's like, whoa. I mean, we, is that, is that the future where we just, somebody says, Hey, Joanne had this really uncomfortable moment up at this casino a couple of months ago. Why don't we just twist it a little bit more and put it out? Because people will want to believe it and it'll be really good, you know, good fodder. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back, I think, with the last segment. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. We're talking about the media, um, the Joanne Hardesty article that, that just came out there was one oh my she's gosh. out running into people and walking away and you know <laughs> and it, probably drunk you know well and it you're tried and convicted yeah in the media yeah before anything all the well, television all the television stations like led with it yeah and then yeah. it's like oh never mind well, I, I i can't think of a of a story of that large uh, i mean uh, of that significance that was just completely made up well Well, the original the original report had an incident id number like a a police incident report number and i i tried looking it up i I don't maybe i just wasn't looking at my place i couldn't find it but like i feel like that's a pretty simple fact check of just like look at the the police incident report that that Mm -hmm. was published with the initial report and so Before what is you it run a, with it. Right. What is it about Joanne Hardesty that has her on that knife edge with the media where they're kind of they, – it feels like they want to push her off the cliff. Well, the, the right? Willamette Week article that I read on this had this huge disclaimer at the beginning, like, based on an Oregonian story, which we cannot and will not uh, ver- right? independently verify, this is something we heard. And I, I'm thinking from their perspective, what they're doing is they don't want to be the only ones left out that didn't, that didn't report this. And also they want to cover their butts because it's probably made up. That's what I got from from that particular article, right? But it seems like the media, since her trouble uh, at, with the Uber driver and right, the, right yeah, um, is ready to push her off the cliff. Yet she is arguably the most liberal, the most iconically, you know, Portland liberal uh, commissioner that they've got. So would you say that the media is ready to push Andrew Cuomo off the cliff? No. Yeah, they they're they're still protecting him. Well, they weren't. Yeah. Right? But now it feels like like they've kind of like yeah, we've they've, moved, we've they've moved jettisoned it. they've jettisoned Andrew Cuomo. So, so they're ready to push him off the cliff. Don't you think so? Yeah, I I'm, well I think No, that, I think he fell and they're not willing to throw him a rope. No, but I think that I think what made the what made the uh hardest thing so insidious is it's just it's just a good story. 
You know, it's just, it's just like, 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 you know, if I just take something, somebody who that that's in their character and okay, then just, so and then just exact, exaggerate right. it a little bit and then right. make it up. So, so now you're onto something that the media has decided that her character based on her past performances might be good. Might, she might be a good copy. Like yeah. just old fashioned journalism. Yeah. So. What, you, you brought know, keep, up keep an eye on her because she might be fun. You brought fun up, copy. You brought up Andrew Cuomo because I and I want to talk about that a little bit. He was America's governor, right? He was protected he was for the, a year. He was yeah. the icon, right? Yeah. Of of good governance, in spite of the fact that he killed all those people. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, everybody on the right has been talking about him killing people for a year, and the media just now picked up on it. Right. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. So so our analogy of standing on the brink. Andrew Cuomo had to jump off the cliff, so to speak, mm-hmm. in order for the media to kind of go, yeah, he was a bad guy as yeah. he's falling mm-hmm. to his death, yeah. right? <laughs> and they're not throwing him a rope. It's not like the media is trying to defend yeah. him now, yeah. but they're they're definitely not not helping him. He was protected for a year. We we knew about the sending COVID positive patients back to nursing homes a year ago but i don't get the impression he's getting he fell off the cliff and falling to his death because of killing people it's because sexual harassment oh, yeah. sure. no it wasn't yeah he, he would have survived it was like it's like yeah yeah he killed people but everybody killed people right. and, and he did it he did it and seems more gubernatorial than others he was killing to, people he was he killed people to protect the hospitals because <laughs> people die in a hospital, so better to kill them and keep the sp- spots open than you know. But it it, yeah. it it really is remarkable, and and the way that the media has become so overt and emboldened, like this this whole thing with Facebook. I mean, my friends are getting. I got you know missing context. Yeah, warning on my Facebook. I've never had that before. And it's becoming more and more common that they're policing this. You made the mention of where do you get your news. Right. I think paywalls are another manifestation that I I, I can't say they're bad because I think people should get paid for they the service. They should earn a living, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's making me decide uh, I'll pay for the, right. the Wall Street Journal right. paywall. Right. I won't pay for the New York Times. I'm the same way. So I don't get the other. I know. But, but I get like 10 free, the, 10 free articles a month. But it got to the point with the New York Times where it's like everything I read is I you're a bad person and you are terrible you, and the people you associate with are terrible. And I opt out. If you had a crystal ball, when do you think – I mean this is just a wild ass question. But when do you think we'll be able to as Republican conservative men – uh, emerge from uh the the you know the prison there the cave that we've been throwing it the dungeon that we've been throwing into when when will we be able to uh you know well it depends on which party you're in I'm no you're go in. ahead well <laughs> well if if you well, the, there if are no Republican conservative men in the Democratic well, Party sure I mean the straight white men in the Democratic Party were, like they'll take your vote but that's about it you're you're not you're not invited to the table and you you will not be. On the, on the conservative side, on the Republican side, I don't think we are. I don't think we are, like, we're, we're still, you know, run predominantly by straight white men. I don't think that that's, that we've been thrown off anything. No, I'm talking about in the national conversation. When, when, when will conservatism be considered, 
you know, appropriate again instead of just it comes now with a label. So this, when this was once attached to, you know, a, a horrible disease when the mantle is carried by. And I think this is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Christy Nome or somebody. Uh, maybe. But I think it's more first generation Americans oh, and minorities. Bobby Jindal then that are. Well, no, yeah. that are moving through the economic system mm-hmm. and have become part of that system. Mm-hmm. One of the things I say is, look, nobody came to America to be a Democrat. They came to America no. because it's a land of opportunity. Nobody bought a new Ford F-150 with food stamps. Right. And as those people start to engage, and you're seeing more and yeah. more and more of it, when those people, and then it's our role to mm-hmm. just go, have at it, guys. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You are the next generation of Americans. You are the ones that are going to carry this mantle. And when they're carrying the flag and we're just running along behind, giddy up. That's the way it's going to work. So interesting observation I had a little bit on this. And and (laughs) so my my wife's Romanian. So she's first generation. She moved here when she was five. And so just walking around and looking at the COVID closures from the businesses, it seems like all of the white you know have been here for several generations the the tasty and alders those are the businesses that have closed the ones that are still open yeah are the mexican place yeah the indian place the yeah. like it it seems like the the businesses that are owned and operated by immigrants have have been much more tenacious yes. and long-standing than than these sort of like hipster well, white people well and you think about it the the lawn services the yeah. people that are the carpenters, the drywallers, you know, all of those service, all those businesses, they all continued right on do through. Do, they masked up and they're kicking ass and taking you, names. Do you do any shopping anymore where you walk into a store? Grocery shopping and okay. Costco. Okay, but beyond, besides grocery shopping. And Costco? Yeah. Well, what do you buy at Costco that wouldn't be groceries? I, I go to Costco to look at the TVs. Go, go, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, no, okay. I do. I, okay, I, I, right. it's like, so it's that like is Disneyland. So that me. is the shopping that you do. Do you do shopping? Uh, no. Uh, in a store? Uh, most, mostly online, but not, Cloth- not clothing. Not for COVID related no. purposes. It's all online. Well, as you can tell, I don't really buy clothing except at the Purdue story. <laughs> online. Online. Yeah. I don't go back to West Lafayette anymore. <laughs> no, do One you shop? You- uh, I, like I just going to stores. I I quit going to stores. Obviously, you're you're going to stores for clothing, though. And I've started buying everything <laughs> online. <laughs> oh, no. it's like yeah. And it doesn't matter that it doesn't quite fit. It's like yeah, it's got enough. What the heck? Well, when you I'm think about like years old, I bought a I pair care. of golf shorts for fifteen bucks. There you go. Uh, online, and think about it, like the gas, the time, the everything no, else. You don't right. really care what kind of product. By no. the time you get it, you're like, what? Well, yeah, you're right. What, what no. the hell? So that wraps us up for this week of scintillating discussion. We should be back next Sunday. Same bat time, same bat channel. This is Allie and Passero with our friend James Ball. Thanks for listening. This has been Allie and Passero with your hosts, Alan Alley and Jim Passero. The podcast is produced by James Ball. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to alan at alanalley.com.